Hello, everyone. Yay. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, we're going to look at Deuteronomy 18. I just want to read a little more of that section so we can understand what's going on. <clears throat> So Deuteronomy 18, um, looking at verse 9. When you enter the land the Lord your God has given you, do not imitate the detestable customs of those nations. No one among you is to sacrifice his son or daughter in the fire, practice divination, tell fortunes, interpret omens, practice sorcery, cast spells, consult a medium or spiritist, or inquire of the dead. Everyone who does these acts is detestable to the Lord, and the Lord your God is driving out the nations before you because, these detestable, because of these detestable acts. You must be blameless before the Lord your God. Though these, na though, these na though these nations you're about to drive out, listen to fortune tellers and diviners. The Lord your God has not permitted you to do this. So this is verse 15, which we're going to focus on. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own brothers. You must listen to him. Continuing a little bit more, this is what you requested from the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly when you said, let us not continue to hear the voice of the Lord your God or to see the great fire any longer so that we will not die. Then the Lord says to them, you have spoken well. I'll raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers and I will put my word, words in his mouth and he will tell them everything I command him. I will hold accountable whoever does not listen to my words that he speaks in my name. So we are focusing on verse 15. That should give you some context as to what's going on here. Um, so we are, as human beings, are curious. I'm curious about things. I want to know things that I don't have access to. Okay, so all of us, I would probably be safe to say that all of us have some desire to know some specific information of some unknown uh, subject, person, future event. Um, so for instance, you know, when am I gonna get that job that's gonna support me for the rest of my life? For those who are single, when am I gonna be married? Um, you know, or anyone in general, like when am I gonna finally be at where I need to be? When, when, when am I gonna be set where I need to be in life? And so when I'm reading this scripture and I hear about these nations and they're looking for answers, I could kind of sympathize with them in, in a small way because we are finite and we all want to know some bit of this divine knowledge. We're seeking this divine knowledge. We want some insight into something that we can't get. And, um, you know, God is obviously telling us that the way that the nations are pursuing this is wrong. So hopefully everyone here can, knows already or understands that, you know, looking at for, to a psychic or reading your, you know, astrological sign is not the way that God intends us to seek um, divine knowledge or to seek him. Now, God does also, you know, he wants to set us apart. He wants us to be holy. Um, and part of this is not to be seeking after answers from false prophets. So false prophets being people who are claiming 
to speak for God, but not really speaking for God, or people who are, who are speaking in place of God. So God doesn't want us, he wants us to seek him, he wants us to, to communicate him, he wants us to listen to him, but we want to make sure that we're listening to people who actually have, who are actually speaking his word, who are actually, um, you know, abiding in him, and not just anyone that is saying whatever, you know, to, to, to grasp your attention or to, to, you know, to entice you or to try to, you know, persuade you in some other way. So... I might be safe to say, it might be safe to say you know we're we're probably not seeking people intentionally or or methods intentionally um, to to kind of circumvent whatever God's will is or His revelation is. Um, but in a more subtle sense, we all have people that we listen to. Okay? Everyone's listening to someone. Um, we have. Uh, family members, we have friends, we have our, you know, our boss or an authority or our neighbors. We're always listening to someone. Um, but try to think, you know, has there ever been a time in your past when you're younger or maybe even more recently where, you know, you were listening to someone and you did something that you shouldn't have done and got in trouble? Like, you know, maybe that wasn't the thing you should have been doing. Maybe you shouldn't have been listening to that person. So, you know, being careful who we're listening to. Now, it's important to hear people out. I'm not saying, you know, don't, don't listen to what people have to say. But listening here has, you know, more of an action of response that comes with it. So, um, yes, we should hear people out. We should, but the thing is, who specifically are we listening to? Who are we following? What are we following? And who are we imitating? That's, that's the important thing here. So to give you a little bit, uh, little story here. Um, I'm a, a teacher. Uh, I teach at a very small school. We have K through 12, and you could during break and during lunch, I I go outside and I I, I sit around, and you can see the different grade levels kind of gathered around each other. No one's telling them to, you know, kindergartners go here, first graders go here. Uh, we we do kind of stagger things, and because of COVID, we have some restrictions. But for the most part, when we let them go out and play, they tend to gather around each other. No one's telling them to do that. They're, they're listening to each other in some way. Um, last year, we had some of the younger kids, and I was just staring at them. They're off in the little corner playing, and um, one of them decides to climb the fence. Okay, so no one told him to do that. He didn't know it was wrong. They were the younger kids, so this is their first year there. And then I look back, and there are three of them climbing the fence now. So three kids climbing the fence, one of them's halfway up. You see a fourth one right there kind of contemplating, should I join them? And then all the other ones are just staring at them, climb the fence. Okay? Now, again, there, there might not have been any verbal communication, but they're interacting with each other, and they're listening to each other. They're listening to each other, following each other. So these, you know, so... Well, what happens? Well, one of the, the one of the teachers goes in there and lets them know, okay, that's not what they should be doing. You need to get down from the fence. We don't climb the fence. Let's go play in some other manner. So, in that moment, the teacher's voice was stronger, greater than that of the other students that were around them. It was even stronger and greater than their own in, their own individual voice that told them initially, "I should climb this fence." 
Okay? The teacher's voice, their authority, led the students to cease their action and pursue some other means of interacting during that time of break. Um, so likewise, we, as an analogy, that was an analogy, likewise, we should be listening to God's voice. Um, now, a thing with God's voice is that, as, you, as we read in, in Deuteronomy 18, God said, well, you know, you, you told me that, you know, not to speak to me in this way. He's in their presence, and he's like, you know, don't speak to us in this way because your presence, your voice, we're going to die. Like, you know, God, you are holy. We are sinners. You're, you know, we're going to die because of that. We need you to kind of, you know, we need a distance here. So God says, yeah, you speak well. And, um, you know, God uses prophets, people that he speaks through to, to communicate to the people. So God himself is bringing this sense of fear and trembling to the people. They have this sense of, you know, this is serious. God is serious. God is great. This is heavy. And we need to, you know, respond in a proper manner. And God, you know, he's, he told them that they were doing well in what they're, and, and they're seeking of that distance um, because they would die in his presence since he's holy. Um, and again, God does provide the prophets. Now, uh, scripture does warn against false prophets. So you also have to be careful in terms of, you know, someone claiming to be a prophet. You also have to be careful in terms of interpretation of Scripture. So Deuteronomy 18, just briefly, um, is a favorite Scripture among Muslims because they would take this Scripture and apply it to Muhammad. So as Christians, um, we wouldn't do that. You'll see that we're applying this to Christ. But having someone being able to take the Scriptures and interpret it in a different way and say, well, they're interpreting Scripture... Or, you know, maybe they have some authority. Maybe they know what they're talking about. Again, we need to be careful in terms of who we're listening to and what they're saying. You know, a Muslim might say, I respect Jesus, but who are they saying Jesus is and to what extent do they actually trust and believe in him? Um, so even people who are speaking of Christ or speaking of Scripture, and we could talk about many other different cults or people or even churches that don't fully abide in the word, that we need to be careful and, and determine is their word actually coming from God or not. Now, coming to Deuteronomy 18.15, we're saying, you know, bringing a prophet like Moses, listen to him. Well, Moses was a prophet. Okay? Moses was an actual prophet. He led the Israelites out of slavery. He assigned to God's redemption. He led the Israelites in wandering in the, in the wilderness, you know, part of God's judgment or discipline on the Israelites at the time. And he performed many signs and wonders. So God's miracles are apparent in, in what he did. And so a prophet like Moses, we can, I guess, ex, you know, kind of expect these things, right? We should see some signs and wonders, some display of God's work and power in their life. Um, some some sense of discipline or judgment and some uh, and and redemption in some way. 
And we see this in Christ. So Jesus is God incarnate. And we said, well, like, God's presence was too heavy, too big. You know, the Israelites are afraid that they're going to die in his presence. While God humbles himself to be a man to be able to see us, that we could see him and actually communicate with him in a, in a manner that is um, more suitable or uh, not, not less reverent, but a manner that is, is something that we can actually relate to physically. So um, Jesus is God's word and he is speaking God's word. Um, he does fulfill these things that Moses did in terms of his ministry and his, his, his role as a prophet. But he's even greater than that. Um, so uh, God does tell us, you know, we're supposed to listen to Moses but then you have someone like Moses, but even greater than Moses, and we should be, you know, even more willing to and, 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 and desiring to listen to him. And the scripture also tells us that God will hold us accountable to not listen to him. We are held accountable for that. So the question is, you know, are we abiding in Christ? Are we repentant? Are we being sanctified by the Holy Spirit on a regular basis? Are we showing signs of these, these means of grace, these, these things that are um, displaying to one another here as a church that God is working in our lives and we're actually listening to his, his, ver- his words, his voice? So... Um, we have to be careful... The world is full of voices, and they come to our ears. Um, but there are many so-called false prophets or ungodly voices or voices that are speaking contrary to what Scripture says, speaking in opposition to what Christ claims. So all of these contrary voices, voices contrary to God, are lies from Satan. So we should be careful that we do not fall into those. Jesus is living, God is speaking, and we're to listen to his voice. And only God can satisfy us. So today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Okay? Repent of your sins and believe in Christ Jesus. Now as Christians... Recall, because we're talking about prophets, and, you know, there's a prophet coming like Moses. Well, Scripture tells us in the past, God spoke through the prophets. But today, he speaks through his son. So we don't have to look for another prophet. We have Christ. Um, uh, He is the prophet that was spoken of that was like Moses. He is God incarnate. And we must continue to listen to his word. How do we do that? Well, we have our Sunday services. We have the evening, morning, evening services. We have our Bible studies, individual and in groups. Um, we have prayer meetings. We have all these ways that we can listen to his voice. And we should keep pursuing those things regularly so that his voice is always uh, with us. Now, I would love to say, you know, go out into the world 
and be so overwhelmingly consumed with God's voice that Satan is inaudible. That would be great. That'd be ideal. And, you know, that, that is a prayer that I have that we do come out of here and that Satan would just be silent for better words. But that's not practical in most cases. Okay? Sin and temptation abound not only in our lives but in the world. Even if we can control ourselves or are so fully, fully in, you know, filled with the spirit that we uh, you know, reject sin in every turn, you know, there is sin in the world and we have to confront it. Yet, God's grace abounds even more. So, I want you to just, again, be careful and be discern God's voice. Be careful in discerning God's voice. Understand that scripture says, the sheep know the shepherd by his voice. So, when sin and temptation arrive in your, in your life, and it will, know that I want God's voice to be louder in that moment so that you will... Um, you can hear it, you'll listen to it, and out of love, you will obey our Lord Jesus. With that, uh, I'll pray, and then we'll continue with what we're doing. Um, thank you, Lord, for today. Thank you for your word that continues to come into our ears. Thank you for giving us ears to hear and eyes to see. And may we just be taken by uh, just your presence, your word, and make that uh, the desire that we can hear you and listen to you more and more. Um, and not just, you know, for, for the, the pleasure or the goodness of, of hearing your words, Lord, but to live it out, to be sanctified, that the spirit would be moving in us and that we would be moving in such a way that other people can hear this, Lord that we can also be your mouthpieces and other people can share in the wonderfulness that is, it is to hear your voice and to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen.